Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. I am so pumped for this episode with Stephanie Burns. Yeah, she's a notable writer for Forbes, Fast Company, Wall Street Journal, Fox News, Amex, Cosmo, New York Times, and many, many more. But she's also the founder of the new agency, The Wild Agency, that amplifies visibility focused on building legacy and personal brands of company founders. Yep, that's people just like you and me. So listen up for her tips on how to make success happen. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, thank you for having me. This is fun. Of course, of course. So I do do research, but I what I find really is interesting first about you is that you actually did not go to school for business, but you went to school for vocal because I am a I'm one of those people who wishes they could sing. Yes, I did. <laughs> I got my undergrad um, degree in vocal vocal music performance. I did, and then I decided, well, I probably won't make a living at that. So what I'll do instead is become a music teacher, which I vehemently did not want to do at all. No, but I thought, okay, I'll give this a shot. And so I, I switched my major and I had to go follow a fifth grade music teacher Mm -hmm. for like five sessions. And each time I came home sick to my stomach after about the third time of coming home sick, realizing that I wasn't actually getting sick, that it was my body literally repelling trying to be a music teacher, that I decided decided to to finish up my performance major and get a second bachelor's um, in marketing. And so I did that, advertising. And then about five or six years into my career, I went back and got my MBA. That's a huge shift. It's huge, huge, yeah. absolutely huge, was absolutely there, huge. <laughs> was there something about marketing and getting your MBA that like what pulled you to do that? Because you were such a creative and marketing has a creativity to it, but there's still the MBA is the business side of it. Sure. So I, I was working for a company called Bulldog Drummond out of San Diego. They're an innovation and consultant, uh, like a creative design consultancy. And so we did really, really cool work for really amazing brands like um, Adidas and Disney and Diageo and things like that. And so when I was working there, um, you know, I was getting more involved in the brands, you know, that we were working with and, and their marketing and things like that. And that's when I decided I just wanted to kind of up my 
my knowledge level. And so I went and got my, my MBA in marketing. Oh, that's awesome. I, yeah. would, I, I wish I had gotten back and got my MBA, but I was, I was a TV producer, so that it wasn't really on my mind right now. You know, now running a company and creating new companies along the way, I feel like I could have, that could have been really useful. For sure. I, I think about that all the time. I think if, if I had, <laughs> if I could go back, I would have gotten my JD MBA. Yep. Because that would be really useful, you know, to, to have that attorney, that legal background along with it would oh, just totally. have been fantastic. But yeah, yeah. Well, we had a good you know, time though. I was a, t- for yeah, sure. being a TV major. I went to Ithaca college nice, uh, and it was a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun on movie sets and TV sets and, you know, thinking about what I was going to do when I was this age was not in my brain. <laughs> Same. It was not at all. And then the transition to having your own business. What was that like? So when I was getting my MBA, it was 2008-ish, and that's when we had our recession, if you remember. Everyone was getting laid off. Everyone was losing their jobs, and I was still working, you know, at Bulldog, and my friends kept coming up to me asking me, how do I get a business started? I just got laid off from my job. I said, I don't, I don't know how you get a business started. Why are you asking me this? And they said, well, you're getting your MBA. Aren't you learning how to start a business? And I said, no, I'm not learning how to start a business. I'm learning how to run a business. You know, we, we learn accounting and statistics and global marketing and strategic management and those kinds of things. I couldn't tell you what legal entity you should be or how to save for your taxes or, you know, how to set up your business or get your EIN or anything like that. The question kept coming up over and over from all of my girlfriends. And, you know, these are really smart, amazing women. Finally, I brought them all over to my house one night, gave them a bunch of wine and just asked them all the questions. I'm like, what are you missing? Why is this so hard for all of you? And they kept, you know, telling me about the wall they just kept hitting against when they're trying to find the answers to their questions. So finally, I realized, okay, I have about 15 of my own girlfriends here sitting in my living room who are smart, driven, incredible women who cannot find these answers. So that's when I made the business plan for Chic CEO to be a resource for these women to learn how to start a business. There, if people start businesses every day, this is not rocket science, right? There's got to be a checklist <laughs> somewhere. Right. There's got to be a, a one, two, three, ABC, something. And there just wasn't. I, I tried to find it for them. So that's why I built Chic CEO. And that was at the, that was in 2010. Um, in the beginning of 2010, in February, my brother and I were cast on the Wheel of Fortune, the game show. Oh and my God. <laughs> we I watch it like every night. I'm good at it. I don't know if I'm good in person, but tell me the, tell me it everything. Was, from like it getting was out the, the car. fastest, the fastest 20 minutes of my life. I mean, <gasps> it was incredible. It was so quick. But my brother yelled out Dalmatian puppies and we won $12,000. <gasps> And so I know it was, it was really fun. And so I took my half. (laughs) That's amazing. Dalmatian puppies. (laughs) I know it was great. I can't, my brother's incredibly, incredibly smart. And so he just, with his brain, his analytical brain could see it and he just yelled it out, but we won this money and I took my half and that's how I got the website for Chic CEO built. And so I essentially regurgitated everything that i just learned in my MBA plus all the research that I did, you know, what kind of legal entity should you be? And here are the steps to get your EIN and how to write a press release and how to, you know, build a website and, and mm-hmm. all of the things. <clears throat> and so, you know, it took me all of 2010 to research, write, create, and 
you know, get the website up and built. And then um, beginning of 2011, I brought on a business partner. And by the middle of 2011, I mean, we launched December of 2010. So the very end of, of 2010. And then, uh, you know, six months later, we were named as one of the top 10 entrepreneurial websites for women by Forbes. And so that really kind of catapulted Chic CEO into a different place. And now I write for Forbes um, on the topic of female entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, that's how it got started. That's how, that's what I, that's where it came from. And, you know, I got laid off uh, at the end of, of, or yeah, at the end of 2009. So that's when I just kind of went full force, um, you know, working on, working on building Chic CEO because I thought, okay, now I have time and obviously people need it because I'm getting yeah. asked this question all the time. Um, the dean loved it. My business plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. You had somebody looking over. So I thought knew what you were doing. Yeah. So, so that's that's how it got started. That's how that's I amazing. that's how I got it started. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, what do you think that you personified or the business personified to really get recognized so fast? Because we hear these stories on Instagram or on, you know I say on the gram or you know on, on Facebook or whatever about you know six months and six figures. You know all these big promises, but you really put the work in. But what do you what do you think the secret sauce was for you? I think it was define first of all defining a niche. You know, now female entrepreneurship is not a niche, right? There's so many sectors of it. At the time, that very much was a niche. Um, it was a sector that was not being served. That's not the case now, thank goodness. But back then, it wasn't. Um, so defining a niche and then adding in my personality. You know, everything else about business had been dry and kind of stuffy. And, you know, this was chic CEO. This was how it was chic and it was fun. And, you know, it had it had some it had personality to it and humor. So I I really wanted to build something that I wanted to be a partner or a a participant of it. Excuse me. Um, Working at Bulldog had taught me about, you know, infusing brand with personality you know we had done it for our clients and so I thought okay well I'm just gonna do that for myself now and that's what I did and I think that's why people gravitated toward it because they felt like they were talking to their best friend instead of you know some stuffy corporate website and that's really what we we tried to do my partner and I um, and I think that's why it was so well received and why it's still so well received but the, mm-hmm. I wonder are you getting the same kinds of questions that you did from those friends in your living room or no. how has it changed it's, it's very much changed. I am very thankful and grateful that um, female entrepreneurship is being served in a way that, uh, that is deserved now. Back then, it was like an afterthought, you know. And so I, I had a long time of, of waiting for somebody just to come and rip, rip us off, rip off the site and just <laughs> repurpose. Because everything that I had put up there was stuff that I had researched. It wasn't anything proprietary. It was, you know, things that I found and and researched on my own. So I was just waiting for somebody to come and rip it off. Nobody ever did. <laughs> but, you know, I shut down the site for a while and then I got it back up at the end of last year. And it's completely different than it, it was back then because um, these resources are so readily available now. Thank goodness. Well, that's great. I know you serve a lot of people. So what are you hearing now from your, from the, your entrepreneurs? What are their struggles? Growth. So when I started Chic's EO, I remember very distinctly thinking for a long time, women were just simply told 
you can do it. You can, you know, for, you can't do it. You can't do it. And then at that time it was, yeah, women, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. But I remember sitting there thinking, I know, (laughs) I know that. Can somebody tell me how, please? And so that is why I built it because nobody was giving the how information. And so now I see that it's the how of starting up is very much accessible more than it was so back then. And now what I see um, is more of, of growth and growing and, um, you know, and how, how we do that in the landscape of, of what we're dealing with right now. Um, I don't think corporate business was ever built for women. And so it's not very conducive to our family lives and our, the way we want to live. So I think that's why a lot of women are trying to start up their own businesses is, is to figure out how do I make this fit in my life? Mm -hmm. And that's what I see. How do I grow my business and how does this fit in my life? Um, And so those are the, the big questions out there now. And you still embody that because you're trying to figure out how to have your business and deal with your kids and their playrooms and what's going on in your house as you, you know, as you help your clients. That's right. I've been talking a lot lately about, you know, I feel like there's so much focus on that mommy CEO or that mommy entrepreneur, but it's a lot of it's focused on that little kid mommy. And I'm not a little kid mommy. You know, my kids are going to college in the next two years. But <laughs> if I let them, you want to trade, Steph, can we trade? I'll take a four-year-old over an 18-year-old in a second. Really? Oh, you have no idea. Anyone listening, you have no idea what it's like. And I, and I have boys, so it's, it's very different. Um, but, you know, for me, it's not so much like fitting it in anymore. It's how am I going to, how am I going to be without having to fit that in? You know, now mm. I'm just a, a mom whose kids are at college. I know they come home all the time. Anyone listening, I always hear that. I know they come home all the time, but it's not, I'm not feeding them, dressing them, taking care of them all day. Like they, sometimes they don't talk to me for 24 hours and that's okay. (laughs) Sometimes that's nice. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it's nice. You know, so I think that's something, you know, that's a conversation um, that people are starting to have. I'm trying to have with people and people are starting to have because the balance is different for different moms. Right. Right. And that's why I don't believe in the term work-life balance. I actually cannot stand it when people say that. It's just such, it's just one more thing for women to try and live up to and fail at and make ourselves feel bad about because it just doesn't exist. I've never met one person that's like, yes, I have work and life balance. (laughs) I did it. Yay, I did it. I've arrived. I think that's, you know, it's more of like work-life harmony, work-life integration. And it is really hard to have a business when you have little kids. And I think you're, I think that's probably why they're focused on so much because not only are you trying to run a business, but you're doing stuff for two tiny people, or in my case, two tiny people nonstop. I mean, they cannot do anything for themselves. I can't, they can't get themselves a glass of water. They can't turn on the TV or pull down a puzzle or, I mean, change their clothes. I mean, it is nonstop working for two tiny tyrants all the time. And I love them very much, but it's really hard to get that done and your business. So um, I think that's why there's so many resources. That's what they are. Okay. Well, so do you have any secrets that you employ when you, when your tiny tyrants are being too much for you and you have clients and trying to get work done? No, I don't. <laughs> you know, I just, I think, I think you have to know where your parameters are. I have found that if I try to work while they're home, I have a very, very short fuse. So I 
I get angry really fast or I just lose my temper or I snap at them or something when I'm trying to get an email out or trying to fix something for a client or, or something. And so after a couple of times of, of just losing it, like we all do sometimes, I won't work when my kids are home and I'm watching them because I just, I find my patience is so low with them and they don't deserve that. You know, that's not why, why I had them or why I have a business. So well, good for you for knowing that and, and yeah. understanding that because a lot of moms, you know, a lot of moms don't have choices, but you have choices. So it's right. It's good that you can recognize your your limitations when it comes to your <laughs> Yeah. So I get up at five in the morning and I work, you know, or I try to work when they nap or, you know, I, I my mom watches them a couple of days a week and they go to preschool and stuff like that. And so I get these pockets of time, but trying to work when they're home, I just, it, I've kind of made myself a rule that I don't do that anymore. So well, you just got to kind of figure out what what works for you. You don't want to just spend your days snapping at people. No business is worth that. No, and definitely you have figured out what works for you in your business. But I wonder, like, what are your favorite parts about running the business? Oh, I just love working. I'm a worker. I just, I, it's, it, it's like a vacation for me. I, I remember telling somebody when they're like, what do you do for self-care? And I was like, work. I'm like, yes, like working is a vacation for me. Um, It's how I, you know, it's my creative outlet. It's, it's what I love to do. And so that is a form of self-care for me, truly. Um, So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what I love. I appreciate that because I I do. I like that too. I love, you know, sitting with like on a zoom call with my client and brainstorming the ideas or having them break through something or having them, you know, get a spot on some TV show they've been looking, they've been working for, for six months or, you know, whatever it is. I think that spark, because I, you know, I was a nutritionist previously and I would say, I, I didn't get that spark from talking about broccoli, but I get that from like creating your Canva templates and seeing how you're going to use them on social or creating yeah. you know, your pitch or working with you that way. The, yeah. for me, it's a lot of like seeing the people that I affect and how they affect their community. Right. Exactly. And there's just something about creation. You know, I write a lot. And so creation means a lot to me and um, ideation and collaboration and all the shuns, you know, but I think that that stimulates me enough to, to keep me energized. And so if, if I don't have that, then I find myself getting real grumpy and I get real like down. And I also have to be around big groups of women. You know, I feel myself feeling better when I go to a networking event or um, do things like this, where I'm able to, to chat with women. And um, that really is, is good for my soul too. So, you know, I think, I think we have to figure out what works best for us, especially if we have a family and a business, you know, what oh, yeah. lights us up and keeps us going. Mm-hmm. I miss those in-person collaborations and those in-person networking. I'm finding lately that I'm such an extrovert outside my house, but I'm an infer- I'm an introvert. Like when I'm home, don't talk to me. So the last, and I'm in Jersey, so I don't know how it is in Arkansas, but in Jersey, we pretty much home since March. Yeah. So the, same you know, no place to go. And I'm missing that piece and trying to figure out how to be extroverted at home and how to make those connections at home. Because I'm like, if I was with you, like I'd be touching, like I'm a hugger. I like to touch your shoulder. I like to like feel your energy. Um, So it's just, you know, for me, a lot, a lot of this year has been trying to figure out how to make those connections without breathing on each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I miss hugs. 
I so know, bad. I, I miss hugs. Thank goodness I have two little kids that want to hug all the time because I think yeah. I would be spiraling out of control. <laughs> Didn't. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I get hugs once in a while. I don't get them as much as you do. <laughs> yeah. But for going forward, I think that thank God that women's entrepreneurship is a thing. I feel like sometimes there's so much noise about women entre- entrepreneurship that I get, I kind of turn off because there's so much going on. Um, so I really appreciate what you're trying to create in your site. And I like that kind of community that you've created because I can just be all in on that instead of all the noise. But what are you hearing from your community for 2021? You know, I think, and I, I just, it's interesting because I was just on Jacqueline Malone's podcast, which oh, okay. you just interviewed her. Yeah. I love her. And we were talking about this as well. I think that the next big trend, if you will, for female entrepreneurship is men. And, you know, it's time for us to now kind of come back together mm-hmm. and stop talking about female entrepreneurship. And we don't even call it male entrepreneurship, which we probably should, but it should just be entrepreneurship now. Uh, we need men to be in our corner and really, really root for us. And and there are so many men that do, and there are so many men that don't, you know. I was just telling you that Chic CEO was sued by men's rights activists, and that was a really hard time for us. But even though that that happened, I'll never stop purporting that we need men. We absolutely need men in our journey into entrepreneurship. We are far behind in terms of getting funding. We are far behind in terms of being in the C-suite or on boards. Um, We absolutely need more men to advocate for us, to pull us up the ladder, to, um, you know, push us and challenge us so that we can be better too. Um, And I very much believe that they are going to be very integral in the the future of, of where women go in terms of entrepreneurship. Collaboration with all species or all, all kinds of humans. You yeah. know, I, I live with three of those men, so, <laughs> you know, and they, they do, they look, you know, when I talk to about what I'm doing or how they're doing it, they're so proud of me, but they, they, I have gotten those questions like, don't you talk to guys or, I'll, or interview a man? They're like, oh, you interviewed a guy today because it's always women. But I, so I really appreciate that. Like bringing a, a man in uh, that's supporting you um, and you support him, you know, having that kind of collaboration, because I think, I think you're right. I think we're so focused on helping each other that our community has to be more diverse. Yeah. And, you know, I, the conversations can be so different. Um, there's several times where I've been at networking events that, um, you know, I talk to other men and, and they'll be like, so what are your data points on that? I'll be like, what? <laughs> You know, they want to talk about the data and the numbers and the tactics. And, you know, sometimes I'll talk to women and they'll be like, so how do you feel about that? And so I think we need to we need to have more conversations about how we feel about things, but also what are the data points and what what's the, you know, the metrics, too. And so it's a nice uh, mesh of the, you know, the different ways of thinking and um, doing. And so I really do believe that it's time for us to just, you know, be be about entrepreneurship. And so I really feel like they'll be an integral part of that. I really love that. And I, I, you know, the right side, left side brain, you know, we need both of those on our businesses. When I asked my husband to look at them, because I do, I'm like, can you look at the numbers? Can you, because I'm not, numbers and I aren't always friends. And he asked me questions like that. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know. (laughs) The percentage of, you know, what I'm like, I can give you an engagement rate and my insights that I can give you, you know, my ROI and all that stuff. But 
data points. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. So mm-hmm. for next year, we need some men in our lives that can help support us and we can support them. I like that a, a lot. And what do you, what do you have planned for yourself for next year? What can we, what can we get in on with you? So I'm kind of noodling on a, a new, a new venture. You know, I write for Forbes and I've been working on a lot of amplification of my work and others. And so I think I'm going to be moving in that direction. I haven't really quite fleshed out the idea totally, but I think it's time for someone else to take over Chic CEO and take that community to where it needs to go. I'm really excited about that. I kind of feel like I'm walking it down the aisle to like (laughs) its new partner, life partner, you know, because I've raised it from a baby to now. And so, (laughs) but I really do feel like it's ready for a next evolution and a breath of, of fresh air. And so I'm working on finding, finding somebody that's going to wants to take over that community and serve these female entrepreneurs in the startups, startup phase, you know, better than I can right now. And so I'm very excited about that and to move on to, you know, my next, my next uh, project, which will be about essentially visibility and amplification. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, I'm all about that. So we get to talk more yeah, about that. But for sure. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today. Can't wait to go find that Wheel of Fortune video. You never know where your seed money is going to come from. You never know where your origin is going to come from. But what we learned today from you is like balance isn't part of it. And it's talking to your community and being a part of a community that really gets you to your next level. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. That was really fun. Thanks for joining me this week on Behind the Spotlight. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love a rating on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend about it, and that would help me out too. But if you like the show and you want to check out more, look me up at BethNidick.com. Plus now I'm offering private 90-minute intensive strategy sessions. You might want to get in on that too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Behind the Spotlight.